1: This is the Book Riot Podcast. It's a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. I'm Jeff O'Neill, here with Rebecca Shinsky, coming to you from bookriot.com. After months of asking for a, a, the, Colleen Hoover profile of our dreams, we've got another contender has entered the ring. We had the Laura Miller Mm -hmm. Salon more of a really more of a, a a critical assessment than a than a profile. Uh, we're not going to get into it quite yet. But Rebecca, did we get the profile we're looking for in your estimation?
0: Like seventy five percent. Right, come on.
1: <laughs> it's Alexander Alter, in the New York Times, who does a wonderful job covering. It's good. I guess. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. But that's on the docket today. Um, had some good. We have some listener feedback. I guess points of order. So next week, Rebecca and I are going to be at a company retreat, company, where we're going to be traveling, mm-hmm. not going to be recording a new pod next week. Uh, instead, what you're going to hear is probably our, is it our best, favorite, how to even do these things? We're going to put into the main feed one of our bonus episodes from the Patreon. Is it our best, yes. our favorite? Why are we, cho- what are we choosing and why are we choosing it?
0: I think it is, well, it's one of our favorites. It's one of the most fun that we had and i think a good representation of the kind of thing you get from Mm -hmm. the patreon Um, when that episode goes live there will also be a couple other bonus episodes on patreon that will be free for a limited time so you can go to the patreon page at that time all the info will be in next week's show notes um, and listen to those three episodes that are also just a potpourri sampler of Mm -hmm. the kinds of stuff that we do over there if you've been thinking about joining and still thinking about it. Um, right. We've done it now for six months. Our original plan was try it for six months, see how it went. Did we want to commit to it? Was it successful enough to make it worth doing in the long run? And the answer to all of those things is yes. I think we're mm-hmm. really having fun with it. It's giving us a space to do creative, you know, other kinds of things and just the news of the week. Um, and it's been popular enough with readers or listeners for it to continue. So we're going to keep on keeping on and we'd love for you to join us. So this is kind of our mark next week yeah. of like, this is it's official now. You can maybe think of it as like a membership drive. But yeah, that that episode that's a good representation of what we do will be in this feed. And then three other episodes will be available at our Patreon for you to check out for free also.
1: We've done enough patreon episodes now that we can do patreon episodes about patreon episodes we could do we (laughs) could rank our top five favorite patreon episodes that we've done we
0: could yeah well one of the first things that we did was talking about things we might do as patreon episodes (laughs) sort of out you know brainstorming out loud together and that was fun and we have made a lot of those episodes now and then made episodes that listeners gave us ideas for based on Mm. that conversation so we can do all kinds of things with it
1: yeah, I haven't gone back to look at that list. I know there were a lot of comments on the actual post when we did that that episode mm-hmm. about people wanted or wanted. Um not as many people listen to the Lonesome Dove six part deep dive <laughs> as I would have thought. But, you know, you give it a try. Sometimes, you know, people say they want what you they don't what?
0: want. Right. We we do know that too. Sometimes people clamor for years yeah. for a thing and you make the thing and then nobody comes to no your party. One, no one comes to your a, party and it's you know, the story very of the sad. lonesome dove.
1: <laughs> I know, it's ironic, isn't it? Um, All right, let's do our first sponsor break and we'll get into the feedback and everything else. Had had good feedback, um, listener feedback from someone else named Rebecca, former bookwright control oh. Rebecca. Thank you for writing in about Annie Arno, basically saying they're great. Don't start with the years, which is what I had said because oh, okay. I had also said that I hadn't read any, so please understand that I don't know anything here. Um, but but Rebecca said the one about um Annie Arno Getting an abortion about the pill, and I don't remember what the French name for it is. I'm sure there's kinds, of, there's places all over the place where we can find about Annie Arno, but she said that's the one that is bracing and illuminating, and really speaks to um, the heart of her project. So, thank you for an expert, or or at very least a prosumer of the Annie Arno corpus um, about that, Rebecca. Thank you for writing in. Um, we got a lot of feedback. Oh, thank you also for people saying, the emailing in the Colleen Hoover. Um, profile. I think everyone saw it. They, <laughs> they thought of us, which was funny.
0: It is funny. There's like one thing per year that we are like yearning for or talking yeah. about. And then when it, when, when the thing happens, everybody emails us to tell us about it, which yeah. just, that is always a really fun moment.
1: Also had some people doing babble spot checks of inventory when they're out and about. Cause oh, we talked about how, okay. um, Kathy wrote in, thank you, Kathy, that it was available. It seems available on Amazon when, when, um, they wrote that in. I went and looked, it was available, but it was a 14 day wait, which Ooh. is unusual. Um, you know, I don't like to brag, but I'm a prime member of Amazon and even <laughs> with my prime membership, it was an exclusive still a uh, club. Yeah. I, I think you, you need an invite or something. Um, but, uh, so it's available, but it seems like it might be a little bit back ordered or something like that. Um, So I'm not sure. Availability seems to be spotty. Still didn't see it at Powell's the other day. So I continue to be fascinated by this story. Interesting. Um, Let's see. I had one other piece here. I guess that was it. I guess that was all for the... Thank you all. Oh, a lot of people writing in about the Barnes & Noble um, format. People have been... It sounds like most people like it. I think whatever... Whatever whatever affinity there is for the legacy Barnes & Noble format, the 90s format, is legacy affection rather than utility. Um, but from people that that are writing them there, really appreciate everyone giving us feedback because it's cool to see our, uh, uh, our half-cocked takes, my half-cocked <laughs> takes, um, than anything else yeah, uh, go in.
0: I don't think any of our Barnes and Nobles in Richmond have changed to that new format. I'll have to double check that. The ones I visit have not. Um, But I was thinking, you know, I'll probably be in Portland in winter or Mm -hmm. spring for work stuff. We could go on a field trip together. Check out that Barnes and Noble. That'll be fun. Um, Well, before, since we're out of... Listener feedback before we get into news of the week. Just want to refresh for those of y'all who heard us talk about it last week or introduce it for folks who are new that Book Riot has a new book that has just come out. It's called Reading the Stars. It is literary stuff for astrology nerds and astrology stuff for book nerds. A little crossover there. Um, so gives you an introduction to the basics of the different signs. What does sun, moon, and what's the other one? Rising sign mm-hmm. mean. Um, I am a relative beginner don't know much about astrology um that's as far as I can take you. So it'll, it'll be like, are you, like me, a Sagittarius who likes to travel and have adventures and needs a lot of novelty in your life? Like, here are some books you can read. And also, here are some areas that a Sagittarius might want to work on. And here are some books that would go for that. Mm. Um, gift recommendations for people in your life who like astrology and are into books um, based on their signs and other things. Uh, Publishers Weekly gave it a sweet little review where they called it an ideal gift for bookworms with a celestial bent. I think that is a great headline about it. Um, So if you're looking for gifts, especially going into the holiday season, for somebody who likes books and astrology, I think Reading the Stars is a great pick. Right now, through October 31st, you can enter to win Reading the Stars, along with a bundle of gorgeous goods from Obvious State that include a celestial art print, a notebook, and a tote. And the link to that giveaway will be in the show notes. So you can enter to win or you can pick up a copy of Reading the Stars wherever books are sold.
1: Um, you want to do Hoover thing or Barnes and Noble's best books of the year first?
0: Let's do Hoover since we talked about it at the top of the show, you know, give the people what we teased.
1: Um, it's, it's a good profile. I learned a lot. I think the one thing it didn't have is the one thing I need the most. And, And I'll read, um, again, this is Alexander Alter. It's, you know, that Seinfeld where the yada, yada, the best part, Uh you know, the yada, uh yada. So here's, here's here's a paragraph jump and it's the full fifth paragraph. When she self-published her first young adult novel, Slammed, in January of 2012, Hoover was making $9 an hour as a social worker, living in a single wide trailer with her husband, a long distance truck driver, and their three sons. She was elated when she made $30 in royalties. It was enough to pay the water bill. But seven months later, slammed hit the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, uh, wait a minute.
0: How?
1: H- how? Isn't that the story? What? What? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I I don't understand. Because that I mean, there's she's making a lot more than that now. But self-published to fifty thousand dollars in royalties in New York Times bestseller list. That, that's that's the seed, man. That's the grain of sand around which this not just pearl but complete Tiffany's necklace pearl line has grown around well, I don't get it Rebecca what what happened I'm confused
0: <laughs> it's the black box like there are mentions in this profile and in other pieces about Colleen Hoover that tiktok is not the first time she's been a yeah. social media success and so I, the assumption i'm making in the absence of details here is some feedback loop between her social media and readers posting about the book and finding her on social media like some word of mouth something that was via a mechanism that's not TikTok and And how did she do that? Because, you know, they get here in in this piece about like, right, this doesn't have the six figure marketing campaign, the going on talk shows, the going on podcasts, the having speaking gigs, the winning awards, the getting glowing reviews that mainstream critics give that are all usually part of a thing that a publisher is trying to do when they're putting marketing in place to try to make a book a bestseller. So like in the absence of all those things, and in the absence of money to bankroll like a lot of ads on Facebook or Instagram, like how, how
1: yeah and so <laughs> and, I, so it comes later and says making the bestseller so i'm reading this thing so i'm going to give you a, mm-hmm, a, a retroactive mm-hmm. live reading i'm like okay here we go they're doing that new yorker thing where they give you a little taste and then they go back they flash back and now let's see how um, anakin skywalker became darth vader or how, you know or something good mm-hmm. um but here it's like she shared chapters with family members and friends her boss at the Nutrition Center, Sephi Cohen, loved it so much that she took some casework for Hoover, allowing her to write during the day. In January of t- 2012, Hoover uploaded the book Slam to Amazon's self-publishing platform. She called me one day and said, Mom, six people I don't know bought the book. The next day, it was 60 people. When the trickle of sales turned into, a again, I, is it just? You know, I don't get it, man. I I'm really confused. Is mean, <laughs> this just happen? This, I, I just don't. I'm I'm so fascinated to see.
0: I think it's also possible it could be a byproduct of Amazon self publishing platform. Amazon features books that are self published onto its platform with you know kind of prominent placement sometimes. And if she was making them what was the price of these ebooks if she was making them like 99 cents and people were devouring them and and talking to each other it could have been more of a product like i think an algorithm has to be behind <laughs> some mystery algorithm has to be yeah. behind anything like this in the way that tiktok's algorithm is behind what's going on with her right now and the clue there is that the 2020 big pickup in sales that we're still seeing yes. the, not even the end tail of, we're still seeing the surge of it started when early in the pandemic, she made five of her books free. Which we had well, a reader of,
1: listener, yes. a listener email us about. So kudos yeah. to that listener. And right. good job
0: picking up on that. But that that's, I think that's step one of the current phase that we're in mm-hmm. is early 2020. She makes five of her eBooks free readers are, yeah you know, everybody who lived through early 2020 remembers like everybody was kind of frantic for things to do at home. Free ebooks are a great smart choice to make if you're an author right then looking for promotion. Um, So she did that readers were devouring them. And if you're making things free, and you're getting a lot of downloads, and then you have people leaving glowing reviews, you get algorithm juice. On Amazon. So that could have been part of it. Then of course, 2020 goes over to TikTok. But if we're projecting back to 2012, I'm guessing this is mostly Amazon magic (sighs) that you go from like two to 60 to 120 to 500 and on as the algorithm.
1: And whatever it is, and and I'm going to be as neutral as I can about this, to be honest with you, whatever it is about Colleen Hoover's books that made it from that level to this unprecedented takeover, as Alter says in this piece of the New York Times bestseller Mm -hmm. list. That same ineluctable something that got her from where she was in 2020 to now is maybe the same thing that got her from six copies to $50,000 in revenue. And it's word of mouth. It's you've captured lightning in a bottle. You're expressing something that people didn't know they wanted or didn't ever get that they wanted. And your fifty shades, I mean, interestingly, she spent a morning with e. l. James talking mm-hmm. about <laughs> things kind of only they together Just could really talk sharing. about, and it's it's that magic, that special yeah, something that there is no there is no thing, jeff there is no
0: right there is i think there's no think thing there is, there's something magic and unexplainable about it. And I think there's also some algorithm stuff going on here. And maybe yeah. algorithms are the unexplainable magic that, that boosts a lot of it. Because if she's just really, really great at social media, then she could have you know, stopped writing books and just sold her social media magic marketing skills for $9 to a bunch of other well, authors. Well, and I've looked at her so- She need to do it now because her books, I've looked yeah. at her
1: social, Rebecca. It's Me good. Too. I'm not like, yeah. we have here the Isaac Newton of social media <laughs> for, for right. books yeah, and reading.
0: We've checked out the Hoover Soch. I think, yeah. it's a, I think that's just a piece of it. Yeah. That's where readers like to go to connect with her. Authors have to be on social media. But we know she's not selling books because of her own social media presence. She's selling books because of other people talking about her on social media and the way that that's just been exponentially growing and then amplified in that magical, ever-expanding echo chamber of TikTok mm. right now. And I do think the Amazon algorithm can be a version of that. Um, you know, one thing I really enjoyed this piece. Yes. And one thing that Colleen Hoover owns up to that Alter talks about here is that she is really nervous about <sighs> publicity. This is not a person who was ever trying to get famous. She never dreamed about being famous. That's a weird experience to have if you were trying to get famous. Fame is really bananas. And this is a person who was never going for it. She's very private. I think there's some reticence, understandably, on her part to like really talk about how this happened. Maybe hesitation to talk about how it happened because she doesn't want it to be replicated or to have her magic juice like stolen or copied. But even more than that, it just seems like you know, a certain amount of publicity is part of the deal for her now. And not in a bad way, but my read here is that Colleen Hoover knows the New York Times comes calling and they want to do a profile on you. Mm. You kind of have to say yes, and you have to participate in pretty good faith and tell them some stories about yourself and do the thing so that Alexandra Alter, who spent her time, like gets a good enough profile to write about you. But she's not giving, this is not an open book kind of profile. This is not like you know the most revealing it's it's far from the most revealing of profiles that we get and so for i think a variety of reasons hoover is just not talking about some of it and that's maddening because we want to know how it happened but it and also maybe she doesn't like
1: know a... like her her yeah, performance yeah. or her presentation whether it's performance or the truth as she understands this is kind of a shruggy emoji it's the aversion the of winning the lottery and Maybe there's that, but like, you know, she's had like, when did she see, like, what day was it or what Mm. month was it? What week was it? Because she's her, her editor says, we're like, where are these sales coming from? And then we saw, that's when we started to see the TikTok videos. Like, Mm -hmm. isn't it, isn't it out there? Is what are the first 10 of these? Like, I don't, what is the initiate? What are the initial conditions? Maybe they're out there, maybe they're not. But because even as, is it, even as a credit, I want to give the listener who sent in the thing about her five of her ebooks. Yes. They said five made her ebooks free. Readers devoured the free novels. What does that mean? Was she tracking how many were being read and then started buying her entire backlist? Yeah. So it was the free, not, but I don't even think they know. I, I think we don't know. I think that's what I came to. And there is well, no, there is no magic box that has the answers that it was this date and it was this video that led to these four videos and it was something else it was like the William Goldman said no one knows anything and sometimes things become a phenomenon and the word of mouth on steroids of the modern digital algorithm machine makes those inexplicable things seem even more giant inexplicable enigmas of whatever I just I think that's what it is
0: I think so. And especially when you're talking about then like multiple algorithms getting juiced and then feeding it. That that it happens on TikTok and then all of that starts swirling. And those people have to go buy their books somewhere. And we know most of them are buying their books on Amazon because that's where most people are buying most of their books. Mm -hmm. And so then that algorithm starts swirling and then people read the books and they've got to go talk about them maybe on TikTok and they're reifying that thing, or they take it to Instagram, or they go to their book club and all of those circles talk about it. Somebody goes to buy the book the Amazon algorithm gets juiced again these things are all feeding each other then there's media stories about it because she's such a big deal and if you haven't read her books yet maybe you're going to now that there's media stories about it like there's a quote somewhere in the piece from a person in publishing who's like this defies everything we know yes. about how the market works right. and I kind of think that's all you need to know about this like th- that it is yeah. not replicable no one who's writing a book now or has published a book and hopes to sell it should think that they can capture this and reproduce Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) This defies how the market works. And every now and then, something does that. I don't think that we're in any kind of position to say, this marks a phase of the market working in a new way. This is one. It's a really big outlier, but it's just an outlier.
1: It's a really big outlier. And I don't, Look, you and I read the book. We did a Patreon episode about it. It's not for us. Um, We were left, I think, a little mystified by the phenomenon based on the reading of that one book. The the phenomenon is real. And the other part of the algorithm is like there's a million books out there. And I'm only slightly joking. Like there's, you know, like Mm -hmm. 50,000 new ISBNs per year for the last 20 years is a million books. I don't think it's random that it's Colleen Hoover. There is something here. I just like I don't think it was random that it was Fifty Shades, that it was the Da Vinci Code, that it's Twilight, that it's Harry Potter. They have something in them that was ready to be there was some latent interest in whatever they're doing. And now it builds on itself. And that and that's the other part to me, because I'm in on the Da Vinci code, as, you, as everyone knows. I was in on the Harry Potter phenomenon. I was in on the Martian. I was in on a lot of these things that became Phenomenon. This is just one, and I'll have to say with Fifty Shades and Twilight, I was out on those, but I still felt like I understood those better. Yeah, I, I guess that's the I other think, piece of this. I felt this is the least yeah. legible to me of all of the outliers we've seen in our adult <laughs> reading lives.
0: I agree. And I think it's, there is an important distinction between phenomenon in the book world and just phenomenon. No. And Da Vinci Code and Harry Potter, those did, and, and Fifty Shades especially, were phenomenon phenomena in the book world and they were big enough to get noticed and talked about outside of the book world this is that on major steroids Mm -hmm. and you know I think Hoover kind of gets at it a little bit in this piece and it's the same sort of thing that we settled on in a part of our Patreon discussion of it where she's like I don't even get it like she's like there she says there are people who are better writers than me there are books that are better than this I don't even get it how these are so super popular and I think you said in the Patreon app like that might be the feature not the bug Mm -hmm. that it's it's not about like literary artifice in some way she's like a quote-unquote you know just normal person who sat down to write a story and there's something about that voice and that lack of artifice around it and just going into what she what she finds exciting that she wants to tell in a story that is like overpacked with drama and romance and sex and coincidence and, you know, all those kinds of things. And that is page turning. And if yeah. you're not uh, you, you don't have to be like a big literary reader to dive into her books. And you have to have something that's appealing to people beyond literary readers to mm-hmm. sell as many books as she has. And I, I just think that's what's going on here. I don't think she's the only person who has written books that could have done this, but you're right. There is something, it's not totally random. There is something in these that makes them accessible to this many people to get excited about. And there's all this other secret algorithm juice happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot there's not many quotes from like um cohorts, apparently, which is what the the coho mm-hmm. stands, the Colleen Hoover stands call themselves, which as portmanteaus go, I like cohort. Good job, yeah, um cohort. Cute. Um but one said where was the line? It's like uh, oh I'm sorry, I should have highlighted, but like their reaction was, um, I want Colleen Hoover to punch me in the face. That would hurt <laughs> less than these books. So the raw <laughs> emotional just mm-hmm. you, we may have said manipulation question mark, uh in our in our discussion of It Ends With Us. That um straight from the oven, piping hot, hit you in the gut every time that's how the books end thing, maybe is part of it. And it's not something mm-hmm. that an acquiring editor at Knopf frankly is looking for. Um, no. nor at other publishers. And interestingly she has books out with multiple publishers atria montlake like she's been different things have been sold since she had so much of her backlist was self-published that she could kind of shop it around Mm -hmm. i want all those details like what are the contracts now like how does this work she has print rights (laughs) in some and ebook rights to the other and audiobooks and like she has this court this conference room and it sounds like she has this machine and the way that it's presented is that she kind of walks in and gets her hair did and signs some book but there's a whole other machine that she feels she's she intimates that she feels responsible for keep, keeping greased which i think is yeah. really yeah. fascinating
0: it is it reminded me of some of the stuff that we've read by and about the george R. R. martin things yeah. over the years yeah. where he feels so much pressure like i kind of just wanted to hold colleen hoover's hand for a minute and be like are you okay this is a lot
1: (laughs) you could stop i mean i think that's here's the (laughs) line right oh go ahead and i'll read it you
0: right yeah yeah okay yeah like you could you could stop you that you don't i want to tell colleen hoover you don't know people anything you know Mm -hmm. like you've you've put stuff out into the world that people have appreciated that's great You can stop anytime you want. You don't owe anybody anything. And it seems like she is feeling the pressure, as you were saying, to to keep that, to keep the wheels turning, to keep the machine grease, to, like, sign as many books as anybody wants to bring to all of her Mm -hmm. things, to appear and be gracious and do these profile interviews with the New York Times, even though she's a very private person. She's got to deal with weird stuff. Like, she had to have a gate and security system put on her house because she saw videos on TikTok of her randos in her driveway like that's unsettling no matter who you are and mm. I imagine that she gets the same kinds of like when is the next book I can't possibly get enough of you that George R. R. Martin gets yeah. and granted like she's pumping them out faster than he is but if anything that means lay off give her a break and it's, it just seems like an incredible amount of pressure to be under and if this is not the career you imagined having or that you strategized your way into and it feels like I just got to take every bit of this while I can. She says that near the end of the piece. Like, I just know this could all go away tomorrow. So I'm trying to do everything I can with it right now. That, that is so, so much. Um, And just on a, on a human level, I wanted to be like, it, it really is okay. It's, it's all right. If you don't want to do anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be curious now, like the next, and I I don't know how much time alter had. I don't know what, what they could talk about, but like, what does Colleen Hoover want now is a fascinating question because she is in rarefied territory here. Um, And this ends on a very somber note about her going to a a convention. Um, And at this convention, she heard complaints from volunteers as a quote and friends who felt slighted Hoover cried on the drive home and called her mother. I mean, it's, it's so much it, it, that's pressure. That's v- so much pressure. And I think I do take her feeling of imposter s- syndrome at face value, assuming mm-hmm. this is, again, caveat, caveat, that this is a report and I don't know what else to say about it. But this is the kind of thing that people with imposter syndrome do or don't feel confident. Because if I'm Colleen Hoover, if I'm if I'm advising Colleen Hoover, I'm saying no to some things. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, I think, but... Does she want to be out there does she she has there's a there's a there's a line here team of assistants. How much Maybe. does she have to keep cranking out to 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 fund the the machine? <laughs> well, no, I'm serious. the thing that's grown yeah, no, up around I, her i agree. don't know and,
0: and even the the final line still in my head, I'm like, this is going to end tomorrow, she said, so I need to enjoy it and is she enjoying it like yeah. it has to be it had to have been exciting when this started, but what it's become. I don't think I would enjoy what it sounds like she's experiencing. And I'm thinking about the financial advisor who lives in my house who's going, <laughs> She really could stop right now. Twenty she million take- copies
1: in print. That does include e books right. and that's another thing we get here.
0: That's more than enough for basically anybody to put away and invest wisely and mm-hmm. live the rest of your days in your happy little ranch house that you built with your first big round of earnings from your. Also, bookcase, her secret
1: is- writing office behind a bookcase shouts. Rad. Props to Colin yes. Hoover. Very cool. Yeah, that's Very- a
0: that's a good that's a good choice, but it just yeah. I think this speaks to the dark side of these phenomena that, like, you, it's really interesting and cool what's happened, somebody having a huge success like this. And obviously, like, we've been fascinated by it for months with mm. what's going on here. But there's a person back there, and it's hard to be that person. And the way that she has sort of been turned into the commodity here, that people are mad if she doesn't do exactly what they wish she would do when she shows up to a convention, like, That's just not cool. I guess this is my PSA to everyone who loves Colleen Hoover on TikTok. This is my message to the stands. It's like, please be nice. This is a hard one. Colleen Hoover is people too. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it reminds, I've never seen, to my recollection, I don't read every author profile that comes across because I have a life. Um, It's a small one, (laughs) but it's there. Um, But I've never seen one that ends on sort of a, the Beatles alone in their hotel room because they can't go out kind of vibe. And some of it is the, that's the other blade of the social media stuff where could people have picked Dan Brown out of a lineup in, you know, even the the six months after the Da Vinci Code came out unless you saw the CBS Sunday morning? No, I don't think so. She's walking around Walmart in her pajamas as it says here, which also Mm -hmm. life goals. Um, Great. I'm sure she's getting recognized all the time now. I mean, I she's that big, so. I think, right?
0: Yeah, I think it used to be that, like, I used to tell Bob, if I had to be famous, which I've never aspired to be, uh-huh. I would like to be author famous for, like, it's a certain really number stuff. of people, yeah. you know, know who I am. Maybe a couple times a year I get recognized in the airport by somebody who, like, loves my yeah. books. That would be the top for me. Being that known on social media, like... Bumping into people just in the grocery store when you're trying to be a person, or you're in Walmart in your PJs. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, props to her for continuing to go to Walmart in her PJs. Like, instead of doing that, I guess yeah. I have to put on my full face because I might bump into a fan. That's or just, that's, like, what that's what your long team
1: long. of assistants are for to go get Q-tips. I don't know. Maybe that's my dream. Is right. like, if I need, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm not going out. <laughs> What's the secret office behind the bookcase for? If you still have to go just, do your own shopping,
0: <laughs> right? It's the. It's mm-hmm. just. It's a lot to be on the receiving end of and I can you can pick it up in this piece that she is in awe of what's happened to her and very grateful for it. This is a life that she never expected to be able to have and it's really hard for people in her position to publicly say anything like this is wonderful. I'm grateful for it and it's really hard and there are big trade-offs. And it's way more than I bargained for. And mm-hmm. I think she's brave to show those kinds of things to alter here. You know, she didn't give away all the secrets of what happened on which days with the TikTok juice. But she does show a complex part of this kind of experience that that a lot mm-hmm. of folks who get that famous don't really talk about or don't find a way to show that can still come off as as genuine, you know, and not as a like boohoo. I made a jillion dollars and now my life is hard.
1: I I do like origin stories. My favorite writer origin Mm -hmm. story is uh, Murakami at a baseball game in Japan and sees a ball hit (laughs) and has an idea for a novel and decides to be a novelist. Like, that's what he says. Mm -hmm. It's such a Murakami, like that could be seen from a Murakami (laughs) novel. So I don't trust any of these things. Here's here's, here's, um, Hoover's. In 2011, when her youngest son was seven, he was cast in a play at a local theater. Hoover borrowed her mother's laptop to entertain herself during his rehearsals. Watching slam poetry videos on YouTube YouTube gave her an idea for a novel about a lonely teenage girl who discovers slam poetry. Hmm. Th- that's it. She yeah. she was bored at her, her kids' oh. play, and the algorithm, that's what I was wondering. Did the algorithm start all this? The algorithm created Colleen Hoover YouTube. by yes, showing yeah. her slam. Why was she watching slam poetry videos? <laughs>
0: right, How'd what she, else did, Was she, she interested what, in?
1: How, 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 I don't understand. T- tell me more, Colleen Hoover.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I want the Colleen Hoover memoir in like twenty years when this is far enough in the rearview yeah. mirror to have processed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think there's still meat on the bone, though less so. Yeah. For a for yeah. a profile.
0: I think um, w- probably we won't get the thing that I really want which is that New Yorker treatment someone spends like days on end with her over the course of six months and she says all the things you know
1: yeah doesn't seem like again it's a New York Times this isn't like a really long one this isn't like a magazine kind of a piece um I read everything digital now but in the old days it would have been maybe the cover story on the entertainment section on a Thursday or something like that it's not that long so you didn't really get into it but like I guess this leads into a story that we didn't talk about last week. We're probably not going to get to it from um, basically where's the data in publishing. Was that the name of this Mm. story that we didn't get to? We had several people email us like, did did you guys write this? I'm like, thank (laughs) you. thank you. we saw it. it, We saw it. Um, But for me, that's the piece that doesn't get talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. And that there are flashpoints. And without all the stuff, this thing became a thing twice. She won the lottery twice. That's the thing I I kind of keep thinking about here.
0: It seems like in a, like in 2050, when Chuck Klosterman is ancient and he's going to write a book about (laughs) the 20, the the teens, the 20 teens Mm. and the the 2020s, he can look back with 30 years of perspective and pull the data about the flashpoints. Then maybe someone will have summarized it at that point, but the exactly when and how this tipped off is still a big question mark.
1: She is currently, I'm going to end here, currently under contract to release six books with three publishers over the next five years. I'm tired just reading that Me sentence. Too. Three with Grand Central, which is Hachette, two with Atria, which is Simon, and mm-hmm. one with Montlake, which is Amazon. So spreading the wealth around. I wonder what the strategy behind that is
0: specialties in different genres maybe i would wonder about like maybe it's the marketing around those expertise those areas of expertise that those different imprints have in those genres because she does make
1: but does she need marketing she wants to i thought well, the whole point was she well, doesn't but, need marketing well
0: but that's the thing though you start getting those big book deals and you start getting marketing whether you need it or not whether you need it or not because now I, we're in the we didn't chamber. talk
1: about this but she's not self-publishing that's not what she's doing for print mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, we've always wondered if some big author, the Stephen King, John Grisham, Patterson, you know, bankable, take my audience with me. I'm a bigger I'm a bigger name than my book, right? Where my my yeah. name is bigger and golden embossed in the grocery store than the title of the book. Say so I'm going to take my cachet, clout, whatever you want to call it, and and make all the money myself. If anyone was ever going to do that, you would think it would be this, but I guess the structure of print is just such and getting it into Barnes and Noble and having your own Colleen Hoover thing and getting into Walmart and Costco. Just, you don't want to do it. You might as well hire them in the form of profit share to do that.
0: Yeah, it requires so much infrastructure. I was thinking about Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter and yeah. how he was talking in those videos about we are producing these like beautiful hardcover books for some of the levels of the Kickstarter and we're going to do distribution and shipping. Mm. And he has a whole company and a whole big team of people that it takes to do those things. And that's just for those books to fulfill a Kickstarter thing. Not even I'm self-publishing this and then I want to arrange distribution widely through a bunch of... Retailers, So I think it's probably the same reason that anybody moves from self-publishing to a publisher is to get that infrastructure and support and be able to focus on the thing that you know how to do, which is the writing and the, you know, in Hoover's case, doing the Hoover Soche.
1: Here's the line I was thinking of before. I'm sorry. We should Mm. go read the piece, sign up for the Times, pay money to journalism, I guess is what I'm saying. But the pressure (laughs) to meet deadlines and to keep her business running has taken a toll. And Hoover canceled her book tour for It Starts With Us because of stress-related health issues. Mm-hmm. So this is the book that's coming out this month. It's the sequel to her best-selling It Ends With Us, her best well-known. That's not what you want, Rebecca. That's no. that's very bad. Um, that's I not getting to enjoy okay. it. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not getting to enjoy it. And the high cost has come along with this. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope this is a hamster wheel that she feels like she is empowered and able to get off if that's what she wants or to yeah, same. change it. Um, I, I keep thinking comedians getting cards with coffee. I'm not sure where we're on Alec Baldwin <laughs> right now, but there's a scene where Alec Baldwin is expressing his admiration for Seinfeld's really enormous wealth, but the liberty it gives him. And he yeah, says, it one, he, one. he does this little bit where he says, if I were you, I would just pick up the phone and say no to everything. <laughs> anyone asked me just no, no. No, no, I no, think no. about that yeah. from time to time. Freedom I is the ability too. to say no, and it seems like Colleen Hoover. I mean, she did cancel the book tour, so she just to NATO. Yeah, so I guess that's maybe a good sign.
0: I know. Um, I feel like, should we send her a copy of 4,000 Weeks and a bumper sticker that says, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no?
1: I mean, at this point, I don't think I have anything to, that <laughs> Colleen Hoover needs to no know from me. Uh, she's she's a, she's at a mountaintop through on top, you know, at the summit of which few, if any, have ever. Yeah, um, I hope she's all right. Ascended. All right, let's do another sponsor break. Um, I'm not sure if I want to go full vindication or whatever from my year of front list, but my <laughs> showing is a little better on the Barnes & Noble <laughs> Best Books of the Year.
0: I was wondering about that. That was going to be my introduction to this conversation as well.
1: I mean, I haven't read them all, but I've heard of many of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good starting point. So this is not the existential crisis of the National Book Awards long list.
1: So and, how do you want to, how do you want to you well start with just a 10 or where do you want to go? Yeah, how let's, do you wanna, just, yeah, what's let's interesting give the people,
0: so the, the top 10, Barnes according to Barnes, first of all, putting this list out on October 10th, too soon. And not all of the books have even been published. But that rant aside, it's a good list. Yeah. Um, Jeanette McCurdy, I'm glad my mom died. The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gunty, Babel, R.F. Kwong, Louise Penny's A World of Curiosities, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng, Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry, Prisoners of the Castle by Ben McIntyre, Scandar and the Unicorn Thief by A.F. Stedman, and The Song of the Cell by Siddhartha Mukherjee. So I think I have heard of one, two, three, four. Five, six, nine out of the ten. I'm ten for, nine for nine What's the
1: one the you ten. hadn't heard of? Prisoners of the Castle. Yep, that's Ben McIntyre. And I listened to the Spy and the Traitor, which was great. So I knew of this. I didn't. This doesn't sound like an especially even I, I, Nazi fortress prison. I know Dad book par excellence. I'm not into Nazi fortress prisons. I'm sure it's great. He's a really interesting, taught, popular nonfiction writer. I'd heard of it. Not for me. I'll mm-hmm. check in with the next Ben McIntyre. Um,
0: how many have you read?
1: Let's see. I didn't do the count. One, two, I guess just three right now. Lessons okay. in Chemistry, Our Missing Hearts, and I don't want to step on it for a future frontless foyer, but um, I'm about to finish Babel by, by okay. Ralph Quang. Um, and yeah. I will read, of course, Song of the Cell. It just hasn't come out yes. yet. And I will, I think... The Tess Gunty. We had a couple people write in to Jeff's existential crisis, saying, "This one got some love on the other side of the pond." I think this is. We're having a Tiger's Wife, Tia Obritt thing happening with this book right now.
0: I think so too. Yeah. That's what it feels I've like. Read- yeah. I've only read two of them so far, Lessons in Chemistry and Our Missing Hearts. I will read Song of the Cell. Mm-hmm. And I bought The Rabbit Hutch last week because I was like, okay, gonna this that. is... Yeah, I'm going to read, read that. Yeah, I'm going to read this one. I'm seeing it in enough places. And I downloaded the audio of um, the Jeanette McCurdy. So I will mm-hmm. finish the year at five out of the ten, I think.
1: On the best fiction front, again, we have some overlap. Um, Rabbit Hutch, Lessons in Chemistry, Our Missing Hearts, all... I guess they're calling fiction and not mystery. They mean literary fiction, I guess, is what they're yeah. saying. On that list I'm also I will read the marriage portrait. You and I did read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. I mm-hmm. real will read The Passenger. I think I will read all of these, actually. Now is not the time to panic by Kevin Wilson. I've I been very Kevin much Wilson. looking forward to that. Ian McEwen with Lessons I heard was a refer- returned to form. I know you're out on McEwen, that is fine, um for everyone if you don't want to do that. <laughs> um so that that's the one I'm like, okay. Sure. I hear what I'm, you know, I kind of see. I pick some. I won some. Is this what I want? Is this what I wanted the National Book Award long list to be? I don't know the answer to that. I guess if this was the National Book Award long list, I'm not melting down, I guess. So I'm not sure what I'm worried about here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I wanted the National Book Award long list to be some of these and Mm -hmm. some more recognizable like higher literary fiction that's the interesting thing about this list like I haven't read the rabbit hutch yet so I don't know Maggie O'Farrell is the big really historical fiction we're going to talk about Celestine in like 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) on the the bonus episode so I don't want to step all over that but I do think it's a move into more literary a more literary like kind of craft for her yeah
1: Mm -hmm. um I, you know and Lessons Kevin in Chemistry
0: Wilson, I think of
1: is yeah. Lessons in Chemistry I was looking at the publisher's weekly best selling list. It's still in the middle. It's still hanging around 14-15. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we'll get to what are the books of the year discussion maybe as a patron maybe as regulars, I don't know. I think Lessons in Chemistry has to be up there. It's an unusual so book. People like it. It's different. You and I have both read it. Do we talk about it on the show? I can't remember. No, All we, we do talk about, about it together. It,
0: actually, I think when we do Books of the Year, we should try to do a revamp of the after episode conversation we had offline, <laughs> yeah. like, what is this book?
1: Yes. <laughs> and my memory is that you like, you're glad you read it, right? That's yes. step zero yeah, I really in this it. conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. I read it, too. We do have a eyebrow raised, not unlike the, the cover design. Our, our reaction wasn't <laughs> unlike the woman's face. It's like, this is interesting, <laughs> but I am maybe mm-hmm. worried, nervous, unsure about what's going on here. So I guess no real surprises, which makes me feel good. But then also I'm disappointed, so I can't ple- be pleased. And life is hard, and culture is tough. Yeah, and here I am. it's
0: it's interesting. Like Sea of Tranquility didn't make it. Um, some of the stuff from, my trilogy, from man, early my trilogy, man, in the year to
1: Paradise, Sea of Tranquility, and Candy House, which I yeah. would have bought stock on oh, on right, January first. Yeah. Zip, zero, not appearing on a lot of these lists.
0: Right. And I'm surprised in retrospect, too, about Candy House not making National Book Award list and maybe mm-hmm. the Emily St. John Mandel not making that list. Um, very, I mean, it is what it is. We've talked about it. It is what it is. Um, I think I but, want a
1: blend of this in the National Book Award long I think list. so, too. I don't want every single one of these. I know what every single one of these books are in the top 10 fiction, which I guess makes me feel good about the marketing and publicity machines of major publishers because this, mm-hmm. this ain't exactly Europa Editions and $2 radio right. titles here.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think I want a little where, both. Yeah, I want a little yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. Some space where there is a, a debut short story collection and something yeah. I've never heard of from a small publisher. So there is some discovery is, is really nice. I think that blend is also what I'm looking for.
1: Best nonfiction of the year. Um, did you want to? Is there anywhere else you want to go? I guess there's history, cookbook, biography, and memoir. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Did I scroll right on past nonfiction?
1: Um, oh, Siri, Siri is wanting to join in. Sorry for. <laughs> I, don't the, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what triggered that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. When they if we ta- if tiring. we can we
1: take a quick detour, um, a rest stop Please. on the highway to Frontlist Foyer for a second. Yeah. Um, on the best biographies and memoirs of the year is Solito by Javier Zamora. I read. I listened to that this week. Oh my god, mm-hmm. Rebecca. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh okay. it's if it's not one of my five for the year, I will be shocked. Shocked.
0: Okay, tell me more. Tell me
1: everything. So A memoir by a poet. Check.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Check. Um it is the book when American Dirt came out, and we're like, where are all the real stories? Right? Where are the mm. people who did this or know about it? Javier Zamora, um, migrated, emigrated, immigrated to the U.S. as a nine-year-old from El Salvador um, in the late 90s. And I'm going to give enough to to tell you to get people interested in it, but not give away too much, I hope. But his parents came ahead of him, got ready, saved up the money, and then he, they paid for a coyote to bring him and a group of others. Well, he was amongst a group of others who were also paying to come from El Salvador to the U.S., and he's nine and Zamora is unbelievable the choices he makes about how to narrate it what to say what not to say what details to include what not to do he he narrates it himself and he's unbel. it's unbelievably great <sighs> i'm thrilled wonderful. it's not easy trigger I, I don't think all the trigger warnings and okay. i guess the spoiler is he's alive at 28 to write the book um so he makes it i guess or he 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 Survives. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, stunning, unbelievable work. I can't think of too many listening experiences like it. Um, the kind of story we right need now. a million of. I highly recommend it on audio. And he's very, oh, very... Car- I, I, we should talk about it once you're done. I recommend okay. it to our friend Clint today, friend and coworker. Um, people who want to know more about this and also appreciate... I don't know. It's a literary work, an experiential work, an historical document. It's all It's all the things. Um, completely blown away by Salito, by mm. Javier Zamora. So there you go. Um, so I'm one. glad to see that, thrilled to see that. <laughs> to see that
0: <laughs> yeah, on, on best memoirs. Um, I haven't done much memoir reading this year. I've heard good things about the Alan Rickman memoir. I've heard good things about Viola Davis's book, Finding Me
1: um celebrity are these always so so, celebrity heavy for memoir
0: honestly i don't remember that's a good question um are you gonna read the john Lacari letters a private spy
1: i in my i would like to do you ever curl up with a volume of letters it doesn't that's not really my i don't know why i don't like to do that
0: no i don't but i where sometimes we do different things. So I thought maybe
1: you would. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know what the market for these kind. it theoretically is the kind of thing I would like. Um, and maybe I don't seek them out, but maybe if I bought one, would I pick it up and I don't know, run through it? I guess it depends how good they are. Mm-hmm. You know, letters to a young That's poet. That's true. How top, spicy are they? Top 1% of, I mean, we're talking canonical stuff. So clearly not averse to it, but I guess it's the quality of the letters who is the writing about what I guess is interesting. And yeah. is, I, I don't know, not something yeah. I necessarily I guess if it's Morrison's letters, I think we, we snap this up yes, like hotcakes. Yeah. Um, but do I care about Lucari's private correspondence? I guess my answer is no, Rebecca. My answer is no, okay. I really don't. That's fair. At this Looking
0: point. at the, uh, the sub list of nonfiction that's just best science and nature books. We do have a couple of faves here. Yeah, Ed Young and Immense World, and then Song of the Cell. Siddhartha, Siddhartha Mukherjee comes out later this year, and I'm sure we're going to love that. Mm-hmm. What If Two by Randall Monroe. I know he's popular in your household uh, with the kids, and especially being able to yeah. look at all those the fun diagrams there. And then I've had How Far the Light Reaches by Sabrina Imler, which I've is a life list. in a life in ten sea creatures. <laughs> Um, which is a great marriage of my love of obscure kinds of memoirs like that. And you're a history of X and X things. <laughs> so.
1: There's a book coming out. That's I don't remember the before the colon head, but the after the colon subtitle is how one weird rodent shaped America. And it's about beavers. It.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh is it Beaverland because that is one of these top 10 science and uh, Oh wait where science Did, I didn't well. I didn't get all the way to it. Oh, I had to click into it. It has yeah, to it be. Is, how many beaver is, books can be
1: coming out this year? Do we have a deep Beaverland. impact Armageddon situation?
0: <laughs> it's Beaverland by Leela Phillip. how one yeah, how That's one it. weird rodent Made America. I saw some
1: good notices for it. I mean...
0: Well, it's in Barnes & Noble's top 10. I mean, I'll be damned if I don't read it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Oh, Jeff.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, Jeff. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on. Um, Also, best history books. I did read River of the Gods. I think I talked about that by by Mm Candice Millard, which is about Search for the the Nile, um, the source of the Nile, which I really thought was cool. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it feels it's, like, you know, Barnes and Noble picking Barnes and Nobly uh-huh. books. It's, mm.
0: it's, yeah, it's good stuff. I still object to the timing, but okay.
1: <laughs> Are you a uh, don't have pumpkin pumpkin spice latte in August person? Where would you like to police? I would you am. like to make the internet happy with some <laughs> opinions about when people should consume things?
0: <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. Okay. You just. Made I'm going to decline. <laughs> How do I feel fine. about the passenger being on this?
0: How do you feel about that? I, I mean, you I couldn't were gonna be read happier. It anyway. I,
1: I'm thrilled.
0: Yeah, it makes that's that's not the one that I'm nervous about. I'm nervous no, about the I other know, one with the female. It, no, it character. did
1: not make the list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, notably not. Among is it coming
1: the out this year, Stella Maris or whatever it's called? Do you know? I, mm, I, I don't,
0: don't. Is remember? it a 2022? I think they are coming out at the same time. or That'd right be a weird. Around flex for that. It would be weird. Maybe it's early 2023. Yeah, um, makes a little more sense. But I'm going to let you check that one out, perhaps, and let me know.
1: <laughs> mm. I didn't tell you this, but um, a little birdie spoke on my behalf to get a VIP copy of the new uh, Abraham Vergez sent to me. And I have it oh, yeah. on my shelf. Good.
0: <laughs> I'm Have not.
1: you done your homework yet? Your 50 pages? Not
0: yet. I haven't done it yet because I've been we're reading Celeste Ng. We're yeah. reading a book for the work retreat. I'm trying to do all my homework, but I I am going to read the Wait, was
1: that a professor? I've got so much work in my other classes that you just did <laughs> on me right there? Is that what I just heard?
0: It's No, it's not, I got so much other work for this class.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Well, but yes, deep. I look forward to doing that and then we can talk about it.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a chunkster. I mean, it's it one is. thing to know, but you hold that baby in your hand, like okay,
0: it's a um, big book.
1: Not a word in the marketing copy or anything about the uh, defection, switcheroo, eviction. How are they going to cover that? Is someone is it Alexandra is Alter? someone going to cover Alexandra it? Alter? If you listen,
0: you know, what's and the, deal? the piece of that that I've been also thinking about is you know the the avenue through which we got these early mm-hmm. galleys. Is a publicist, an outside publicist that isn't, that doesn't work for the publisher who I know to have discerning taste. And I couldn't, I was looking back through this person's like backlist of books that I know they've represented and then other stuff. And I was like, they've never represented a stinker, which by itself makes me feel more confident going in going yeah, into this yeah it's but not I the kind still... of bartender
1: that would serve you punch out of the turd in the punch bowl vat, Exactly. Right? like yeah. i
0: do still need to know what happened with verghese's <sighs> deal at penguin random house and how he ended up moving with this book to
1: grove atlantic that's I, juice I that's juicy it is. like that's There's you need to be hanging there. around and I, what are the ca- Cafe Loop? Wasn't that the old place that the publishing people used to hang around pre COVID? You need to have oh, two yeah. martinis at Cafe Loop and have someone who was right. knew someone start loosening. Kind of like the party where Rowling got out at his art, Robert Galbraith. How, whatever oh, right. they were drinking. That's what you need to serve someone <laughs> <laughs> to get to get the real story, right?
0: And like, notably, when we have mentioned this a couple times on the show, our inbox has not been flooded by people being like, "Here's the juice."
1: Here's the juice. <laughs> Whatever
0: it is, is closely held. I think
1: like three people probably know, right? Like the editor, Correct. some someone in finance that His can make. May, maybe Madeline yeah. McIntosh, right? I mean, does it climb all the way mm. up to ladder to pull the? Pl- no, I don't. How maybe far does that kind of stuff seven go? It was a seven-figure deal. That's, that's what that's I'm saying.
0: Yeah, we know from well we know from the uh transcripts of the antitrust case <laughs> that stuff yeah. that's a seven figure deal goes to Madeline McIntyre. You got to you got
1: to get double M to sign off on that. Um yeah, so yeah. there's a whole thing. I think
0: it's yeah, I think you're right. It's like Verghese, the agent, the editor and somebody at the publisher who signed off on that deal and then signed off on undoing that well, deal. then someone
1: at Grove who took the book probably was like, mm-hmm. so can you guys tell me why, you know, why right, this right. Why why this sweater got returned to Kohl's? <laughs> yeah. Why is this thing such a good deal?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have, anyway, I have many questions.
1: Anyway, I will never get them,
0: answered? them. Who knows?
1: No. <laughs> <sighs> podcast at com. You never know. Good way to end the show. You can find links to this and all back episodes of the Book Riot podcast at com slash listen Uh, You can send us an email, podcast at bookriot.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. The next episode you hear from us. And this feed will be, I guess we didn't even say, it'll be a surprise. You can hear what the episode's going to be, but we did have a good time. We will be doing more versions of this format, by the Mm -hmm. way, in the future. We've already talked about we're actually trying to hold our horses because we, we could have ripped off like five in a row. We're like, this was fun. Let's do this again.
0: <laughs> we do have um, one more of that format scheduled in before the end oh, of the Oh, do evening. we have one more for the mm-hmm. year?
1: Yeah. Um, so you check it out there. And then once that is live, you can then go to that same link, patreon.com slash podcast to see the, listen to um, a few of the other episodes we've made available. We've been doing about one a week. I think we probably averaged three bonus episodes a month over the course of the experiment uh, of this trial yeah, period. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I think that's right. We started in April. We've each taken some vacation Mm -hmm. time, you know, and that's a thing that we value. So we're going to continue to do it. Um, And when we have extra stuff in the can, there might be shows even when we're on vacation. Um, But like with this next week, we're going to be on retreat with our coworkers. We will not be recording an episode, but we have stuff that we can still use. Yeah, I think three, maybe 3.5 episodes is an average. Yeah, I don't know.
1: We'll see. I mean, I'm not sure what's sustainable. We have enough... um, shared interest to do maybe after we've done it for a year we go to two maybe we say yeah we could yeah, do four we'll i don't know but so far it's felt pretty sustainable mm-hmm. we get to talk yeah, about books for ideas. another 30 or 45 minutes <laughs> um, i mean i've done the reading rebecca's begging out of a lot of it It sounds. Like, <laughs> i right
0: did now. my homework for today man <laughs> okay
1: all right thank you everyone for listening rebecca thank you as always